Coming at you live from the KTSW studios in San Marcos, Texas, this is Bobcat Radio. Good morning and happy September, Bobcat fans. Welcome to this Friday edition of Bobcat Radio. Joined alongside my producer, Joey Gonzalez, my co-host, J.P. Flanagan, and Tyson Taylor. I am your host, David Castaneda. Um, we got a very pa- action-packed show for you all today, but before we do, let's hear it from a word from our sponsor. All right. Twin Peaks Restaurant and Sports Bar is a sponsor of this broadcast of Bobcat Radio, located on the northbound frontage road of I-35 on at Guadalupe Street in San Marcos. Twin Peaks has bites, wings, burgers, sandwiches, and more. Info and menu at TwinPeaksRestaurant.com. Twin Peaks, eats, drinks, and scenic views. Thank you very much, JP. So without further ado, let's get straight into things. Started off with some local Texas State action Texas State Volleyball, I mean, how can we not talk about that game last night? Joey, I know you were on the call. To summarize it, we dropped the first two sets, you know, third set, they went for the sweep, but came back to win three sets in a row, forced a fifth set, and I mean, again, Joe, you were on the call, man. What what do you think about this game? Yeah, David, it was a great game. The 2023 Texas State home opener, and it was a fun one. This team, leave no doubt, is their new motto for 2023, and they fought tooth and nail through the entire match. They had a tight first set, but they had their reverse sweep, especially a really dominant fourth set, 25-13, and then they won the fifth set. Final score 15 13, but something that really impressed me 14 blocks entering the day. The Texas State played three matches, they only had nine blocks in those three games. So, 14 blocks. I really think the middle blockers and the outside blockers are combining really well, and hopefully, they can take this momentum going to Saturday where they host the number 13th ranked team in the nation, the Houston Cougars. Yeah, I mean, really couldn't have said it much better than Joey. I mean, coming out uh, down 0 2, basically, you know, you have to face a lot of adversity and fight back, and that's exactly what happened. I mean, Texas State didn't give up and didn't let up their end of the bargain and uh, really showed out, especially in that third set, you know, really showing that, you know, they were the better team in here and like like Joey said as well I mean you, you got to be prepared for a team like Houston uh, coming up who is is nationally ranked and a team who does play um, you know a certain level of competition so I mean those are going to be good matchups to kind of test where you're at and I mean uh, so far this season Texas State's been pretty good at, um, at taking care of business uh, although be it North Texas was a bit of a slip there for a second. Yeah, so like Joey said, U of H is their next opponent. And I mean, I turned it on yesterday at, I believe, after the third set, I uh, was getting updates on Twitter or X. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I tuned in to KTSW. I heard Joey going crazy. I'm like, what's going on here, man? I thought we were about to get swept. So, uh, no, definitely, definitely a, a crazy home opener. And I mean, what a what a way to do it for the uh, for the volleyball team. Um Let's move on, though, to Texas State soccer. Unfortunately, um, this didn't play out exactly as as a volleyball game. Lost to Oklahoma State. Complete domination uh, from what I saw. I I turned it on at at around midway through the first half and watched the the rest of it. What I noticed, they couldn't maintain possession. It was a very tough opponent. And, I mean, my question for y'all, of course, I want y'all to to give y'all thoughts on the game, but what could you do facing a, a team that you know has the prestige such as Oklahoma State and plays in a in a bigger division than us. What what what, what can you do to win those kinds of games? Well, I will say it's good having a Big Twelve opponent coming down here to San Marcos. We're seeing it in the form of uh, Houston coming down here soon. 
in volleyball, but three nothing. But one thing that is interesting, all three of those goals were scored in the first half. So you got to think that Coach Steve Holman, he made the adjustment in the second half, kind of locked up the the Cowboys or the Cowgirls a little bit more than usual. But you just got to find a way to break through, at least find a way to get a goal. Only one shot from Texas State in the second half compared to their six in the first half. Oklahoma State outshot Texas State 15 to seven. So just finding a way to continue to fight as the match rolls on is something that this Bobcat team needs to find a way. They've lost their last three games without a goal. They need to find a way to put the ball in the back of the net. Yeah, I mean, and to answer David's question, I mean, it just comes really down to competing. I mean, these teams, you know, uh, you know, compete in day in and day out. And uh, when you're playing an upper level opponent, you really just need to gain experience and make sure that the game isn't just not worth it to you. And I mean, as Joey mentioned, not scoring in your past few games is can be, you know, a real gut punch to the team. And that's something that needs to be improved on going forward, especially with the long season ahead. But um, with that being said, I mean, that there is a long season ahead and there is room for improvement. And um, even showing out against an Oklahoma State team coming to city like San Marcos is you know uh, pretty good for this um, for the for the university yeah and I had a chance to talk to Grace off off the show and you know ask her about games like this and in the preseason the you know the bigger conference teams that they were playing and and from what she told me I could tell that there's definitely a different vibe when you're playing a, a bigger opponent and 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 there should be for sure but um you know just something to note there uh, unfortunately the Lady Bobcats weren't able to secure the win, but let's move on here from what we were talking about before the show. Texas State football, it is finally time. We have been talking about it all summer long. We have talking about it, you know, till to, to the school year started. They're taking a trip to Waco tomorrow, and like we said, Big 12 opponents, not the easiest things ever. Uh, final thoughts on this game before we finally get this season kicked off, fellas. I mean, a lot of excitement going into this season. I mean, a team that really hasn't had any much bright spots under future or in, in, under past coaching, and I mean, w- with G.J. Kinney at the helm, I mean, you're looking at a team that's supposed to put up a lot of points, and we'll have to see if a defense is you know going to go out there and compete against this Baylor team, but I mean, Baylor is, has an identity. Um, Texas State really doesn't have an identity at this moment. I mean, uh, Baylor is a great coach team by Dave Aranda. And, you know, uh, it's going to be a, a hard fought match. But the, the line's at 28 right now for Texas State. And I think that that's definitely a coverable, um, you know, game or, or point spread for them, especially with, you know, all the additions that this team has made in the transfer portal. And I mean, I think it'll be an exciting game. I think that Texas State still d- d- doesn't end up on top on this one. But I, I can see it easily being within 10, 10, 15 or 10, 14 points, you know, um, this weekend. Yeah, a lot to unwrap for this upcoming game tomorrow. JP talked about the defense. The defense was probably one of their strong suits last year. A couple of pieces lost, but I mean, so much is bring, being brought in from Coach G.J. Kinney, reestablished the connection with the, the Texas high schools with the Take Back Texas motto, and then some notable big transfers as well. Malik Hornsby at quarterback. I mean, we also have the the transfer from Auburn, TJ Finley. So, I mean, there's some good guys coming up for this Texas State team. G.J. Kinney was one of the top offenses in the form of UIW last season. So hopefully he can transfer that product, that productivity from UIW here to Texas State. And honestly, if Texas State could just keep it close with Baylor, I think that would be a really positive sign going into week two. Joe, you mentioned all the quarterback names in that locker room. We talk about teams and like Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, those are teams where, you know, quarterbacks will play one or maybe two years if they're lucky there before declaring for the draft. And they come out next season and seamlessly have a very, very smooth transition to the next year. 
what do y'all think that's going to look like for us? Because I know we're, it's a little bit different for us. We're not one of those big prestige schools and we are playing a tough opponent. I mean, do you think that that will hinder the growth of these quarterbacks in this team? I mean, I mean, it's definitely going to be a challenge. I mean, I, I, one thing I think that works in Texas State favor is that there's a there's a battle being ta- like taking place. I mean, no no quarterback thinks they have the spot yet, and, th- and that's mm-hmm. great for competition. I mean, that's great going forward. You know, each of them you know competing against each other to make each other better. Um, but yeah, I mean, um, at a school like Texas State, like you mentioned, I mean, guess not like a draft eligible quarterback at this moment. But mm-hmm. I mean, if you keep working hard and under GJ Kinney's system, I mean, I can't I can't imagine you can't get to that point. I just imagine that he's that GJ Kinney's creating a new atmosphere at Texas State and I think if if he can put this team in a position to where they're constantly fighting for say bowl games or they know that the bar is at six game minimum then I think that this starts to be a university where quarterbacks are starting to be like all right this is where I want to play I mean look at just down on 35 UTSA they grabbed so much of the San Antonio talent and just over the past couple years they've been so successful and then that creates players wanting to come I mean it only takes a couple years for people to buy in you look at UCF what they did the self-proclaimed national champions as they went undefeated Mm -hmm. so I mean UCF they had some really good years and now look at them they just switched to the big 12 am I right yeah, exactly. And you can already see how the Texas State brand has really grown because, I mean, you can't really get players like from Auburn and from Arkansas if, if you don't really have a name for yourself. And I think yeah. Texas State is really building that right now. And, I mean, without G.J. Kinney, I don't know if the team is in the position it would be in right now. I mean, a complete roster overhaul. And, I mean, the season looks much brighter than it would have looked a few months ago. And I will say in majority of classes and like around campus that I've seen, there's been a lot of positivity around this Texas State team. I've had uh, professors in some of my classes say, oh, what do you think about Texas State football? And this is probably the first year that I've really heard students like, this is going to be a good team. And I, that, that, I think that is what Texas State has been searching for, is finally everybody to buy in. And I think this is finally the year where uh, the student population, uh, former alumni, I mean, everybody's bought into this team. And hopefully they, they come out firing out of the gates and they bring the fight to Baylor. Yeah, I mean, I'm bought in. <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, uh, like you said, Joey, a lot of people are definitely bought in. New head coach, new quarterbacks. I mean, that's, that's one way to get the uh, fan base excited for the season um we're gonna take a quick break guys um when we come back we'll have some national news action as well so sam marcus high school football action uh but don't go anywhere you're listening to bobcat radio on ktsw 89.9 all right welcome back to this friday edition of bobcat radio uh happy september again i am your host david castaneta so guys let's change gears a little bit here from the collegiate side to the san marcus high school side the football team is set to play tonight against uh madison and before we get into the varsity action a quick shot <coughs> quick shout out to san marcus high school jv who beat Madison, um, 70 to zero and Paxton told us that last night. That's, <laughs> that's pretty nutty. Uh, obviously it's, it's JV and we don't, we don't get to cover them as much, but moving into varsity, they had a big game one loss. Uh, they had 35 points, I believe in that first game. So it, it was, you know, a decent showing from the offensive side, at least 
Again, the game is tonight versus Madison at 7.30. What are y'all's thoughts heading into this game? Well, I will say that Hutto had a really athletic quarterback. I mean, very athletic team. We know that in Hutto last year, they ended up dropping to Hutto. But Madison, I think this is a, a game they could take, I believe, if I'm right. Last year, they beat him in double overtime. So, I mean, it was a pretty exciting game. That was the home opener for San Marcos last season. So, as long as they can put everything together, it's always those early season jitters. You got them out of the way in week one, and now you can focus on the game at hand and hopefully even even at your season go a one and one yeah, I mean, this is a game last year that the Rattlers still dropped. I mean, uh, against a Hutto team that um, has proven that it's very explosive, scoring 66 points. And I think really going into the next game that you just have to focus on the defense. I mean, offense seems to be clicking to a point where you can score 35. So, I mean, if you can just really limit what's happening on the defense going forward, I mean, that'll be ideal because, I mean, this schedule is just, uh, it's going to take advantage of you if you don't have a defense. And, I mean, these big schools can really, you know, um, put points on the board as what uh, a school like Hutto has already shown. Um, I think I think tomorrow I think San Marcos is gonna uh, come out and they're gonna be hitting on all cylinders. Uh, I know JV doesn't totally translate to how varsity is gonna play, but I think a JV team is only as good as how good the varsity team is. I mean, the varsity uh, that's where they're gonna get their their looks from. That's where they're gonna get their reps from. So I think uh, with the JV showing out seventy to zero against Madison, I think tomorrow night's gonna be a really good game. And I was just going to ask y'all that. I don't know if y'all played uh, much high school sports, but did y'all ever notice a difference when a JV team just comes in and dominates a team? Or is that like, is there no correlation at all? I mean, I think it it translates in the fact that, I mean, that's the next wave of athletes. Because, I mean, I mean, sure, you have the, the few juniors um, and the, like the older sophomores. But, I mean, there's a lot of freshmen, sophomores, and these are the guys that are going to be leading your team down the road. And, I I mean, it's 70 nothing. That's that's no fluke. That's not easy to score 70 points in a high school football game. So for the JV team to come up, I mean, these are the guys that, I mean, one or two years down the line, this is the new face of Rattler football, and it's a really good sign going to the future. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say it's like necessarily a direct correlation, but I definitely see the competition there. I mean, those are guys who, you know, who want a spot on the varsity team and, you know, how they do that is show it on the JV level. And I mean, scoring 70 to zero, I'm sure that opened the eyes of a lot of people on that that team. And, you know, they're looking for, uh, you know, maybe moves on the roster at that point. Uh, when I was in high school, I went to a big 6A football program and when I was on JV, our coaches were always pushing for the JV looks to give their maximum effort, uh, try to make plays, uh, even in practice, just so varsity can be as prepared as they can come Friday night. And I think uh, the JV team is going to give uh, the varsity some great looks, and I think the varsity is going to be really prepared come Friday night for this Madison team. Yeah, yeah, 70-0 is, uh, is bananas for sure. But uh, <laughs> let's move on from the um, high school side of things. And real quick, I wanted to cover just because it needs a mention. I know we already moved on from volleyball, but 92,000 people, Insane. fellas. Nebraska, Nebraska volleyball, they broke the, the record for the most attended women's event in history. And when I was first looking at these stats, I was like, no way. I, you know, we just had the, the Women's World Cup. I thought that would be the most attended event. But uh, but no, the, the Nebraska volleyball, I, I definitely wouldn't have put my money on that if I if I would have had to 
of guess, but I mean, what, what are y'all's thoughts? Yeah, I thought it was an electric atmosphere. I don't know if y'all saw the clips, but the team walking out of the tunnel, I mean, it was electric. You mentioned the the amount of fans that were at that, that game, 91,648. David, you were close on the fact of women's soccer. The previous record was a Champions League final between FC Barcelona and Wolfsburg. So, ah. I mean, it's, I think it's just great. I think uh, NCAA volleyball is really growing, especially in Nebraska, five-time national champions. They have the support there. So, I mean, I to answer your question, it was electric and it was amazing to watch. Yeah, I mean, I think this also not only speaks to, like, the volleyball team and, you know, supporting women's sports, but the school of Nebraska, I mean, they have a lot of support for their athletics programs, and it's really a program that hasn't really gotten to, you know, show its, you know, national um national presence for a really long time and, and that that definitely opened some eyes and getting 92,000 people to show up for a volleyball game I mean <laughs> that's a big stadium for a tiny little court um but yeah very impressive and I think I heard something about Iowa plans on doing the same thing for a women's basketball game this year to, to showcase Caitlin Clark in front of probably like 80 plus thousand people and maybe they could compete to beat the record for that one too yeah um this one hits on a little bit more of a personal level because I actually have a lot of family in Nebraska and and they're all around in that Lincoln area and not talking bad about Nebraska, but there isn't a whole lot of fun things to do out there. So when the uh, Cornhuskers are on, everybody's out there. So uh, I really love how uh, people in Nebraska are coming to rally against their teams uh, and support them. And I also think it's just really good for the sport of volleyball. I mean, after seeing that game last night, you can really see how competitive those girls are and how much they want to win. And, man, it's exciting. Yeah, man, I agree. That's uh, it's pretty crazy. Again, we don't talk about Nebraska volleyball that much on this show, <laughs> but uh, I definitely needed some recognition. Let's move on to, or I guess we could go back to NCAA football. I want to know which college opening game are you looking most forward to? I got a couple, like a list of names here: LSU versus FSU, TCU versus Colorado. Virginia versus Tennessee, obviously Texas State versus uh, Baylor is the one we're most excited about for sure. But uh, I, I want to know y'all's thoughts. I'm looking forward to that TCU versus Colorado game. Coach Prime, Coach Prime almost came to San Marcos in the form of Jackson State, which Texas State will host, um, if not the home opener, the second home game. But uh, I'm excited to see what he can do. I mean, sold out season tickets within one of the first weeks that he was in Colorado without a, a game even being played under his reign. So that's the game I'm looking forward to, guys. What else are y'all looking forward to? I mean, usually week one, you see a lot of teams pick up cupcake games, you know, you get, you know, try to stack the wins, but teams that um, like, uh, like Colorado getting to play a TCU team who just came off national championship. That'll be interesting. But another game that I really think will be interesting is that South Carolina versus North Carolina game. I mean, Spencer Rattler has to take on Drake May. And Spencer Rattler was once a highly touted quarterback who was thought to be, you know, a number one pick at quarterback at the quarterback position. And, you know, Drake May is now that guy who's being seen like that. So that'll be a quarterback battle and, you know, a battle of the Carolinas. And I think that'll be the most interesting. But I'm also really just glad that the NCAA put a game on Sunday so I can watch football today, tomorrow, and Sunday. And <laughs> yeah. It'll be a whole weekend that <laughs> yeah it's a great weekend um but yeah i'm right with you joey uh, i'm really excited to see uh 17 tcu go against colorado and i feel like a lot of people are expecting a, a blowout from tcu but i mean people forget this is a team that lost max duggan kingdre miller quinn johnson last year i mean those are some like pretty much almost all of their offense so it's gonna be a new tcu team it's gonna be a new colorado team and yeah i'm just gonna excited i think it's gonna be a high scoring game hopefully i have a question for y'all real quick TC's number 17 now when they were in the national championship game. Do you do you say that's the oh right spot, God. or do you think they should be lower? 
I think it's accurate. I mean, you can't <laughs> lose Max Duggan and expect to be like any higher. I mean, I mean, I, I will say that I feel like uh, TCU in general is just always undervalued. I mean, because you know, be a small private school, but I mean, with a new quarterback, I mean, and, and then, I forget his name, but he was the guy who was supposed to start over Max Duggan last year. So I'm not um, um, complaining about his ability to play football. I think he'll probably be just as good. But I mean, you have to have the experience, and Max Duggan did have that experience, and Quentin Johnson did have that experience. So I think it'll be you know not as good, but you know, still a good TCU team. Uh, how do you think Shador Sanders is gonna play against this Pac-12 defense? I mean, coming from the HBCU, I mean, it's it's, it's not technically a big jump, but I mean, in terms of like athleticism, uh, players like the, where they came from, in terms of recruiting, I mean, yeah, they're gonna he's gonna be going against some guys. So, how do you think he's gonna do this weekend? I think it's a little bit of a step up, especially the fact that you're seeing a Power Five. I don't, I don't even know what the way the Pac-12s headed these days. But, I mean, it should be interesting to watch. And, Tyson, I, you could tell that you and I are very excited about this matchup. Yeah, so, um, I, I mean, I, I heard y'all's thoughts that kept kept it kept it pretty local with the in-state. Uh, I'm excited for LSU versus FSU, fellas. That is, by far, I think one of the most competitive in terms of AP Top 25 teams uh, season openers that we've seen in a while. I mean, we got the number five team versus the number eight team. Mm. I'm not too familiar with Florida State's roster anymore, honestly, with LSU either, but I did see LSU play some very impressive games last year, so I'm, I'm definitely going to be excited for that one. Um, I want to tune out of the, the collegiate level, go to the MLB. Uh, I got three stories for y'all, and I, I, I want – y'all to pick one that that interests y'all the most and 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 let me know why but for me i'd start off with um being biased astros fan obviously uh the al west race is heating up we got the mariners in first the rangers are in third the astros are in second in between there that's one story um obviously the rangers are at third i had to let everybody know that Uh, (laughs) next we got acuna versus Betts. the mvp race between the braves and the dodgers and they're having a weekend series uh that that kicked off last night And then the third story, a lot of players DFA'd in this last week. We got Lucas Giolito picked up by the Guardians, Harrison Bader to the Reds. And another story, the Angels DFAing pretty much all their trade deadline acquisitions. Which one of these stories interests you all the most? I'm going to have to go to the AL West race. When I was in California working uh, in the California League, the uh, Seattle Mariners affiliate, the, the Modesto Nuts, the low A affiliate of Seattle. I had a team representative tell me that the team was going to sell at the trade deadline because he did not believe that the team would make the playoffs. Wow. And out of nowhere, Seattle finds themselves mm. right there racing for the top of the AOS. And then the Rangers, I mean, they've just collapsed it seems like they were red hot three and seven in in their last 10 games we knew houston would be there in the end but i think seattle is just the real big surprise of the aos right now yeah i mean i always find it really hard to like you know uh get my head around baseball because of how long the season is i mean like like joey mentioned the ups and downs with the rangers have had this season i mean a red hot team that you know seemingly was in control of that aos and and now is just getting dominated um every week or every day um i think it was like last week they were two and two and eight in their past 10 games i mean you can't be doing that if you want to push for playoffs um but i mean that being said i think the aos is one of the most competitive divisions in in baseball right now and with that with that you have to you know compete every day and um i think the rangers still could make the playoffs but i mean it's looking very slim right now considering uh how how much they've plummeted in the in recent memory 
Yeah, no. So those are definitely some very interesting stories. Um, one last thing I want to cover is in the NFL. I don't know if y'all were um, if y'all were watching Hard Knocks recently, but I saw this on Instagram. A clip of Aaron Rodgers. I believe he was getting hit after the play by Jahad Ward. I think he's a linebacker for the Giants or safety. Um, and basically, to sum it up, the the guy tells him, uh, Aaron Rodgers says, I don't even know who you are. Stop hitting me like this. And and then Jawad Ward says, I don't even know who you are. <laughs> I'm like, come on, man. Everybody knows who Aaron Rodgers is. Uh, I mean, what? I just want to know y'all's thoughts on the clip. I saw that clip, too, and I was like, what is happening here? You know exactly who Aaron Rodgers is. I think he's going to be a lot of fun to watch in New York. I mean, when's the last time they really had somebody like this i think he's gonna bring a lot of energy <laughs> don't shoot <laughs> <say> that. <laughs> no i mean he's got the experience hopefully he can take this team far he's got some weapons beside him but that yeah that that clip is something else that's all i gotta I'm, say about i'm all that. for the good smack talk especially in practice i mean that's how you build that competitive nature and that's how i mean you compete with you know, the guys who you have to compete with all summer um but yeah i mean it, it's false to say that you don't know who aaron Rodgers is like i'm pretty sure your whole team knows who aaron Rodgers is i mean that's why they're paying him the big bucks to be there mm-hmm. and, and i'm sure you know later in the season the postseason you're gonna be like yeah i know who aaron Rodgers is now he's carrying us to the playoffs you know <laughs> Yeah, um, I mean, I mean, there's trash talking is a part of the game, but I mean, come on, Aaron Rodgers, four times MVP, like, come on, and and his training cap, like, come on, man, let's 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 make sure we get into the regular season, and I think I think uh, Hard Knocks did a good job actually, like capturing that moment. I feel like that was real, but I mean. I don't know if y'all seen that Bryce uh, Bryce Young and Aaron Rodgers mm. clip. It, it did seem a little <laughs> fishy, but I mean, I mean, I love Hard Knocks. They make some great content, and yeah, I think everybody in the NFL is really liking this series right now. No, yeah, it's for sure going to be an interesting season for the Jets. I think Jahad Ward kind of just choked and didn't really know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know you either, but. Um, I mean, yeah. he he knew he was done. I mean, who responds with, oh, I don't know you either. Oh, like, you really got me. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. So, I mean, that's definitely going to be an interesting team to watch here moving forward for sure. Um, real quick, before we before we let y'all go, last thoughts on which uh, NFL game are y'all most excited for uh, with opening week coming on the 7th? I believe, yeah, the 7th Thursday night. That's going to be the Kansas City Chiefs versus Detroit Lions. And uh, I just want to know which which game are y'all looking most forward to? I'm actually looking forward to that game. I mean, the the Lions, a team who in the past 10 years really has been at a premium for uh, primetime football games. And here they are opening up the season against the Kansas City Chiefs. Will this be the year that the Lions find a way to get to the postseason? I think they have a really good coaching staff. I think they got the players to do it. And why not start your season off against the Kansas City Chiefs who are coming fresh off the Super Bowl? Yeah, I mean, the, another game that kind of... Um it's exciting to look at is that Bengals Browns game. I mean, it'll be mm. um, totally based on if Joey Joe Burrow can you know roll out there after he had that calf injury. I mean, that'll be interesting to see. You know, a Deshaun Watson led team versus Joe Burrow led team, and that has a lot of implications in their division um, itself. But another game that was looks pretty good is um, the Bills got to play the Jets Week One, and I mean that's a team by Josh Allen. Like we know that team's good. We know that you know they're capable of making a run. But I mean, we got to see how this Aaron Rodgers Jets team meshes, and if they do pull off an upset against the Bills team does that mean they have more championship implications than you know a josh allen led you know future mvp type deal 
Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of make or break season. Not make or break, but a lot of guys are, you know what I'm saying, are on the hot seat this year. And uh, I mean, Josh Allen, he's been trying to uh, make like a Super Bowl run for a couple years now. And uh, they're feeling like this is, might be the year. So I'm really excited to see how the Jets and the Bills are going to play. I'm excited to see how Aaron Rodgers' leadership is going to transfer to the Jets offense. And I'm excited to see my boy Garrett Wilson ball out. Oh, yeah. So those are all really exciting games to look forward to. Um, unfortunately, that is all the time we have here today on Bobcat Radio. But before we let y'all go, let's send it over to Joey for a look on the weather. It's currently nice and sunny outside, 90 degrees with a low of 70, a high of 98. Feels a little bit warmer than that one, but so it's a perfect time to go over to Sewell. Five mile per hour wind, so a slight little breeze here to keep you going on this Friday morning. So no snow today, but maybe if you <laughs> tune in tonight for the San Marcos High School football game, um, maybe there'll be snow. You never know. You're going to have to tune in. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. This has been your host, David Castaneda, my co-host, Tyson Taylor, J.P. Flanagan, with my producer, Joey Gonzalez. You have been listening to Bobcat Radio now. Let's get you back to the other side of radio.